passed away. We wanted men. different this week because Jason and I are actually recording this live. We're in the same room. We just got done with the meetup at my home for our Star Wars club and uh, we're going to try this out, see how it goes and then, you know, maybe we, we won't strangle each other. Maybe. <laughs> Jason, how you doing, man? Good, good. This is this was a fun day. Yeah, it was awesome, man. It yeah. was good seeing everybody. It's been, you know, a crazy year with COVID and it was, it was good seeing everybody even with the social distancing and the mask and everything, it, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. I love I love these meetups at, in the winter. Uh, it definitely gets me in the Christmas spirit. Definitely. It was great, like you said. I have to echo it. Everyone, to see everyone again in person and not on a chat or um, on Facebook, was it's always great. Yeah. We did have a, a virtual chat going on in the background, and uh, I – screwed it up i didn't realize that i was made the uh, host of it and i went and shut it down and you know everybody was uh i don't know if they were upset or not but i tried getting it back going back up again and, and yeah. nobody came so i guess they were done yeah, it was miscommunication but yeah they were going on for about two hours i mean that was one of the longest chats we had and i saw jim swearingen was on <laughs> that was amazing That's seeing awesome. that guy in the chat yeah. man I mean, I posted a thing to our group, you know, Happy Thanksgiving to the whole group with the child, and he commented on it, and that was just like, it was like Christmas. Christmas came early. He said, you know, Happy Thanksgiving to everybody in this group, and it was just really touching. Yeah, it's cool. He's actually, for those of you that don't know, he's actually one of the designers of all the Kenner toys. So um, having him in the group and having him just keeping track of what we're doing and chiming in every now and again is, is, is really cool. It's got to be special for him because that was just a job at one point, but now it's kind of a legacy. And to see all these people who cherish your work has to be important. And it has to be, it has to make you feel great. Yeah. So you, you know. What? Nothing. I was just fixing the recording volume. So oh, okay. maybe we'll sound better. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great, that's a great laugh. Yeah. We've been drinking a lot today, too, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah. Jason, you get anything fun? Oh, man. I mean, I got my white wampa today, which is like a white elephant, you know, gift trading thing. And I got from George Beza a caricature of salacious crumb gnawing on my head. And it was just, it's 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 hysterical. It's touching. It's great. And I, I really love it. And then Narayan brought me some micro micro machines, which I have never seen before. But apparently, if you went to the screening of the... Special editions at the Grauman's Chinese Theater out in Los Angeles. You could send your ticket away and you would get these micro micro machines. So they're even smaller than regular micro machines. And I've, like I said, never seen them before. And I'm just like stunned and amazed that, you know, and, and touched that Narayan gave that to me. So thank you, Narayan. I appreciate that. Yeah, Narayan is, is really, he's always thoughtful with his gifts. He gave me a, uh, a custom boxed uh, Wampa from. I'm trying to see where it is. There it is. Yeah. It's a Luke. Yeah. Hold on. He gave me a custom box Luke and Wampa from the 40th uh, edition. You know, it's got 
custom box just done like the old school vintage stuff and it's just really touching and then on my uh for my white wampa gift was a ezra um and speeder bike done in the same way so it it, it was really awesome a couple of gifts and then i got a uh a mandalorian art from justin uh, jen and justin his wife uh Ju justin and jen his wife they gave me a custom mandalorian piece of art so That'll go on the wall with everything, and yeah. it's just, I love this time of year, man. Uh, and for as crappy as this year is, we I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah, and you've got some great art around here, just looking at the stuff you have here. I see, you know, Bill and Ted. Is that um, like a test drawing of what the action figure might look yeah, like? Yeah, that is uh, pre-production artwork of the action figures. The, the Ted is actually not even produced what he's standing in behind is not even he's like standing in front of this babe you know in a bikini yeah. or in a one-piece uh bathing suit and with a net for some reason and it's not even produced so those are those two pieces are pretty awesome yeah i mean this is just like a museum in here with all the different kind of pieces of art that you have autographs and yeah so i mean it's always great to see other people's collection too because you see what they're passionate about. And I'm just looking around your room, I, I can see we have more than Star Wars in common, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, Gremlins. Yeah, the, things. yeah. my wife is actually the Gremlins uh, person, so she's she's collecting those, and she collects the E.T. And uh, Did you see the um, Playmobil advent calendar? Yeah. That's, that was a bitch to put together, but, boy, it's been fun. That All the folding of that cardboard and stuff for the clock tower, yeah. but it, it's coming together pretty awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Save the clock tower. Save the clock tower. Oh, I wish I got her autograph when we were in Nashville. I didn't. Uh, Claudia Wells was up in Nashville one time, and I, I don't know why I didn't get her autograph, but I hung out. I talked to her for a few minutes, but she just passed away. Not no, not Claudia Wells is the girlfriend, not the oh the, the original yeah the original um Jennifer yes the sorry. original Jennifer the lady that screamed save the clock tower. I'm sorry, I was confused. She's the one that just recently passed away. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, one day we'll talk about Back to the Future. Yeah, let's not start this with a bummer. <laughs> uh, I'd love us some Back to the Future. But uh, anything, it's a, nothing nothing too exciting with Christmas. You're trying to kind of in the same mode I'm in. Where... Yeah, I did pick up the, the Vintage Collection Darth Vader with the Rogue One card back. found that at Walmart just running my errands and was surprised to see it. It was the only one there. So I'm like, hey, I'm taking that and uh, see you later. Yeah, I saw that and I saw the Moth Gideon. uh I don't know why I didn't. I, I didn't pick up the Moth Gideon because they're again in three and three quarter line. Why do I want to start that crap? Buy one, you got to buy them all. Exactly. I'm a completist, so yep. I kind of leave it alone. Yep. And like I said a couple shows ago, I'm like a hundred deep, so I was like, why quit now? Just keep going. Just keep right. swimming. Well, you see what you're sitting in front of all these damn all the pops. But you scaled this down, I thought. Yeah, I did. I, I sold about half of them, and I'm keeping the Back to the Future and the uh, Boba Fett ones. So. And then yeah, I love the X Files. I've never seen those before. Oh, those were those were fun, man. Thankfully, they only made four of them. Yeah, because <laughs> they produce those every week. You got some new pop that comes out, and it's like, how do they? How does an audience buy these without getting frustrated that you know they were just complete and now there's twelve more they have to buy? Oh, that's why I got out of the office pops, man. Because you know they did the first run of ten of them, and then now all of a sudden they're doing. You know, oh, look, there's Dwight, and he's got a different jacket on, or, you know, oh, here, how many versions of Cyclops can, Recyclops yeah. can they make? And 
it just and they're all you gotta freaking look for them in a back alley somewhere and if yeah. you don't find them right when they go on sale you'll pay like 300 bucks for them so yeah unfortunately it's not a fun game no it's not and when it's not fun anymore why do it exactly so f you funko yeah <laughs> there's some massive disney plus reveals this week mm. which i can't wait to talk about yes let's get into that man so, I mean, we already knew that Obi-Wan Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi was happening, and Hayden is coming back. That should be interesting, because I'm curious how they're going to do the Darth Vader, whole Darth Vader thing. Is he going to, you know, he's obviously not going to wear the suit because he doesn't have the body for it, but, you know, are they going to show him in the in the Banta tank, or are they going to show flashbacks? So, it'll be fun. Yeah, why promote him coming back if you're just going to have him in a costume and anyone can play that part? Right. They didn't say if James Earl Jones was coming back. I mean, that is Darth Vader, so we'll see what, what happens there. But I'm very excited about it. I was thinking it might be cool to do like a um, Godfather 2 style show where they go back to the Clone Wars and they come back to modern day 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Because what Godfather 2 showed, if, if people haven't seen it yet, it shows the, the rise of Don Corleone and building the family, and, and they, which happened... You know, in the 20s, and then it cuts back to Michael Corleone in the 70s destroying the family, and they kind of go back and forth. So that could be cool to see the Clone Wars versus where they are today, 10 years you know later after Revenge of the Sith. That'd be cool, but didn't we kind of see that in Clone Wars, or would you think they just do a, give a different layer to that's, it? That's a good, yeah, maybe a different layer, but that's a good point. I mean, when you think about when Darth Vader and Anakin, um, Anakin when Darth <laughs> Vader and Obi Wan meet on the Death Star, um, one of the first things. Darth Vader says is you should not have come back and it's like come back from the dead come back to the Death Star you know there's some potential and some great area there that they could play with for this show and one of the things Kathleen Kennedy said was you know this is the rematch of the century and we kind of got that on Death Star so what what's going to happen with this whole episode you know with this whole uh, yeah. show but it's still going to be good like we talked you know even bad Star Wars is good Star Wars yeah I can't wait for that one and then they announced Rebel Season 5. Yeah, the Ahsoka, Ahsoka show, man. Oh, I can't wait for that. Everybody's like, oh, it's not going to be Rebel Season 5. Why, why wouldn't they just announce a Rebel Season 5 and, and get, a, get it over with? And I, I don't think it's going to be hardcore Rebel Season 5, but it's going to touch on it, and you're going to figure out what happened with Thrawn and Ezra in, their sh in that show. There's no reason why they wanted to have announced, you know, had her announced Thrawn's name in The Last Mandalorian. Uh, without them wanting to go after that that title that uh, storyline. So I, yeah, I agree with you. It was it's going to be produced by Filoni and Favreau. And the thing that I thought was interesting, they also announced Rangers of the New Republic, which I would assume is those X wings that we've seen in the Mandalorian. And they announced that the Rangers of the New Republic will intersect with future stories and culminate in a cinematic climatic story event. So I would think that Ahsoka would crossover into rangers of the new republic and maybe even the mandalorian and we'll get like an avengers style team up event somewhere down the road it's gotta be man i mean it look who did it it's disney they did the, the all the marvel stuff and they're doing all the uh now they're doing star wars so yep. yeah yeah bring it on man just do it right please yeah and rebels rangers and mandalorian are produced by filoni and favreau all of them i don't know if i mentioned that but they're all they have their hands in that 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 whole series so it, 
I'm sure there's going to be some cohesive story going on. Oh, it's got to be, man. There's no way they want it, especially since they made such a big deal about that, uh, you know, them all existing in the same timeline. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it is weird doing this in person. It is, and I'm thinking, like, okay, what do I have to say next? (laughs) We're going to talk about Lando next, and then you throw me a curveball. I'm like, wait, we're not talking about Lando next. What do I talk about? Lando seems, uh, we'll see what happens, man. When Lando, there wasn't a whole lot. It was just, hey, we're doing a Lando series. No, but Lando was my favorite Star Wars Marvel comic. It brought in a lot of Lobot. It brought in a lot of the Sith stuff. Um, So out of all the shows, except for Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, I think this is my third favorite that they've announced. Bring back Han. Bring back Alden Ehrenreich. Bring back Jabba and Greedo. Bring back Darth Maul. Um, I want to see more of that Dark World stuff. And bring in Lobot. Let's let's start to. I mean, we don't have L three anymore, so he needs an assistant. So bring in Lobot. Yeah, seeing a long, young Lobot, that would be cool. Figuring out how he got all the uh, prosthetics and everything, that'd be cool. And then we had Andor, which is I think the furthest along of these spinoff series, which is a Rogue One prequel, which I'm very excited about. It's twelve episodes. Um, they announced that Obi Wan is six episodes. And these are like limited series, so after that, they're not going to be a season two. It's just these standalone episodes, and then they're done, and they're moving on to the next project. Yeah, that that Andor looks. I'm just I'm happy. Rogue One was my favorite Disney era movie. Just cause it's it was. I hate to say it was perfect, but man, what a great movie! Yeah, it was unexpected. I think I wasn't expecting it to be that good, so close to the original, and it pretty much lines up to the original, A New Hope. If you were playing back to back, it, it works pretty good, except for the the Leo, Leo CG at the end. Um, but that aside, I mean, it's it's a great movie. Yeah, the Leia CG did kind of throw it off, and then then you're going back into the whole you know 007 thing. Would they have been better just casting somebody that looked really close to Leia, and then we just be like, oh, instead of going, what the hell are they thinking? Millie Bobby Brown. There you go. That'd be a young Leia. God. Could- yeah, but how much would they have paid her for 30 seconds worth of screen time? A lot. Yeah. They would have signed her for seven movies, and yeah, who knows. Yeah, her and, and the guy that uh, freaking played Winter Soldier, man, they're, they're yeah. Uh, damn it. Sebastian Stan, he looks like a good analog to Luke Skywalker yeah. for, you know, post-Return of the Jedi, not pre. Yeah, both of those guys, they need to, they need to be playing our heroes. But I would imagine we're going to see a pre- um, a new Hope, Luke, if, it, if we're looking at Obi-Wan 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, Luke is going to be 10 years old, and Obi-Wan's stuck on Tatooine, so he's going to be watching over him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Either they're going to do like a whole, you know, where he's watching him from afar, and you're going to see a back, you know, that back shot of him, or you're not, you know, you're going to see like the back of his head and stuff, but you're going to have to, something's going to have to happen where he's seeing Luke. Yeah. At least once, or, you know... What was it? There was one. It, crap, was it Rebels where they actually had? It felt like it was the start of a new hope, where they do the whole Luke thing and they, they do the the music and everything, and you know you hear Aunt Veru going Luke. Yes. Yeah, Twin Suns, which is maybe one of the best Rebel shows uh, episodes. At least my favorite because Maul and Obi Wan. Yeah. That whole that wrapped up the Rebel stuff. It wrapped up the Phantom Menace stuff and. As much as I wanted to see Darth Maul back on screen and face Obi-Wan Kenobi, they reintroduced him in the Clone Wars, and I thought it was probably more fitting to conclude it in an animated series than live action, just to have that. Because if you're not a Star Wars, a deep Star Wars fan, 
you thought Dark Maul was dead, but if you continue on, I don't know. I think I think they ended it well, so it's probably best that Maul, Maul doesn't come back in Obi Wan. Yeah, they they because yeah they did end it in Rebel. Well, you never know, man. He may, he may show up for a little bit, but they did. He Darth ah shit. Obi Wan took care of him in Rebels. Speaking of animation, the Bad Batch has their own show, and surprisingly, that's pretty far along. Yeah, it looks amazing, dude. The scissor scissor reel of that. Wow. It looks like another another season of the Clone Wars. Yeah, especially when they do, the uh, Emperor is like Order sixty six yeah. or the New Empire, and you're just like, wow. So it looks like they're gonna do. You know, you're gonna see Order sixty six from another, yet another set of eyes. Yeah, and it's interesting to to see what happens to the clones. I don't know. If, I mean, that's a little gray area. Do they just age really fast and age out, and they bring in the stormtroopers? You know, how do the Bad Batch deal with that? Um, it sounded like Ian McDermott from Revenge of the Sith. They just used that soundbite when he's talking about reorgani- reorganizing to the First Galactic Republic, which I thought was a great Easter egg. Fennec Shan from The Mandalorian seemed to appear in it. Yeah. So. They're going to... Dude, we are in so much trouble with all of these shows. We're going to have to watch hours and hours of content just yeah. to get you know get what we want out of it. But it takes my mind off the pandemic, so I'm okay with it. Exactly. The one show that I wasn't really too enthralled with or enthused with was Star Wars Visions, which is an anime-style show. And I'm not really into anime. It's not my thing. I think the energy of anime is always, like, amped up to 20, and it's just like, calm down, guys. It's not... You're just pointing. You don't need the wind blowing past your face as you point. (laughs) Oh, gee. (laughs) Because it's true. It's just like, I'm pointing over there, and the wind's blowing past your face, and it's like, uh, guys, calm down. So that's my problem with anime. (laughs) Sorry, you just... uh, I've had a little bit too much to drink, and you're hitting me in that right spot, man. (laughs) That is the truth about anime. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I'm afraid of with Star Wars. Did we ever mention that we're in the same room recording this yeah. and we've never done that before? And oh my god, we're loose and we love you guys. And it good, oh, up, good up until the part they started talking about anime and then they lost it. <laughs> you got to keep this in, by the way. I will. No this. editing here. No. Oh goodness. We keep asking for live shows now because I had gone off on um, Gina Carano, Cara Dune, and I asked Glenn to cut back a little bit because. I don't like being mean, and and I wasn't being mean. It was my honest opinion of her acting performance, not her as an actress or anything like... I know there's controversy about what she posts on Twitter. It's just her skills as an actress, and uh, I've been getting a lot of flack because that was cut down. So we're just going to do this live and keep everything. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, you know, you got to love her staring off into space. I've been paying attention to her acting the past couple of episodes after all the, everything you said, and... You're right, dude. It is. It, it's wow. How kind of you to call it acting? <laughs> it's bad. It's like wow. As somebody said, every episode we've got your back. We yeah. They pay her to be tough. They don't pay her to act. <laughs> wow. So. <laughs> oh, and then the gosh, what the acolyte man is it called? Oh, I Ac- forgot that one. Yeah. Yeah, you acolyte. forgot. Yeah. Well, I'm, I still have a couple here, but I completely yeah. forgot about the acolyte, which is. Further along in production than Lando, but they haven't started shooting yet. It takes place during... Hold on one second. We're going to tell some people bye. 
All right, so we're back. We told some people goodbye. Uh, we're back at the Acolyte. Yeah, so that one's further along in production than, like, Lando, but they haven't started. It takes place during the High Republic, which I guess is 300 to 100 years before the Battle of Yavin. It's probably about a dark person, a dark Sith character who's probably looking for... I don't know. What's your speculation? <laughs> I really... I wrote down, and it sounds like it's going to be an X-Files mixed with Star Wars, because they're being really secretive about it. Oh, excuse me, it's that beer coming up. But uh, I, I, it sounds like it's they're real, being really secretive about it, and it does sound like you're going to have a, a, a Scully and a Mulder going after stuff. But that may be my speculation. At least that's what I'm hoping. Could you imagine having an X-Files with Star Wars mixed in? That would be incredible. That would be awesome. That might be my favorite show, if that's the case. But... You know, maybe it's from the dark side perspective, though. Somebody chasing down dark side things. Yeah, it's going to be, I think, gosh, what did they describe it as? Like a um, crime drama mixed in with just oddball stuff. And, yeah. I mean, if you think back to Rise of Skywalker, everybody in that audience, I thought, was the acolytes of the Sith. So I would imagine it's something to do with those people, maybe. I don't know, speculation. Yeah, that's a good thought. I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Scene. Um, and then, you know, I've talked about the uh, uh, stories by... Shoot, we're not editing it. My brain froze <laughs> A droid story. Are we talking no, about that? No, there was a no. book where there was oh. acolytes hunting down... Uh, that one that I was talking about where there's the um, interludes, little clips with Tom oh. and stuff. And there was one oh. about... The acolytes of the Sith tracking down Luke's lightsaber. Oh wow! I'm gonna go get PDA. Yeah, my wife's leaving now. Oh. <laughs> You're on the it's podcast. Right. You're on the podcast. Say hey, babe. Come here, babe. Hey. Come here. Say hi. Hi. Say hi. We're not editing this. No. We're just gonna throw it all together. Okay. This is my wife, Mandy. Hello, everybody. Hey. She puts up with my Star Wars addiction. Yes. She's a good wife. I fuel it. Yeah. <laughs> she does. She fuels it more than I do, which is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, because you like the Ewok stuff. I do. Which adds to his collection. Yes. Yeah. Ewoks uh, and Chewbacca. All the furry things. And Adats. Yeah. Cat Adats. Yeah. She's got some really... No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, we'll show you. <laughs> so anyway, where were, where were we at? The we're, Acolytes. Yeah, we're still on the Acolytes, but uh, we can move on to a droid story. Yeah, which I don't... Sal, I mean, who needs more freaking Anthony Daniels? <laughs> Do you like Anthony? I like C-3PO and R2-D2. Those are, I think, iconic Star Wars characters. Right. Cat ads. Cat My wife is showing Jason. It is a cat with ad-at legs. That's awesome. It's actually R2-D2 legs. With R2-D2 legs that they made into a cat. That's awesome. And then this is a battle baby. And then she has a... That's freaky. An ad-at with a baby head on it, which is even more effed up. This is a micro-machine ad-at. Yeah, with a baby bed. Yeah. Creepy. Creepy. <laughs> I like the weirdest. Thing. No, it's right. fun. That's what happens when you have one of everything. You start collecting the weird crap and, you know, that's, yeah. It's fun. It's fun. Wow, so, this droid. It's Kenner. Yeah. yeah it's Kenner. It's, it's fun. It's, fun. <laughs> it's creepy. It's Kenner. <laughs> it's kittens. Um, but yeah, this droid story, if it's like Wally, I like Wally. Yeah. I've never seen Wally. I need to see it in my wife. Yeah, bye, babe. Bye. She uh, 
she gives me crap for not seeing some of the shows that I haven't seen, and then I give her the same crap. So well, probably Wally, yeah, Wally's like a droid story. Okay, so check it out. And they're also going to re- be introducing a new hero in this, so we'll see what happens. It's Dio. No, it's not, <laughs> it's not Dio. Blink and you miss some Dio. Yeah, my friend, where did he go? Hello. <laughs> Um, Freaking Dio. Yeah. And then the, the two cool things, Willow, a sequel, is in the works. Yeah. Which is cool. I was a big fan of Willow growing up, and Warwick Davis is returning as Willow, and John Chu is directing the pilot for the... Um, but they didn't mention John Kasdan, who was... Was it John or Jake? The brothers. I think John wrote Solo, so he was writing the Willow series. But they didn't mention him as a writer, so I don't know if he's still working on it or what, but I'm still excited about that. A new kind of fantasy series. Yeah, that should be cool. I'm I'm just down for all that stuff. I remember watching Willow in the '80s, but I haven't watched it since. So, so there's two left. Indiana Jones Five. Do we really need more Indiana Jones? Do we really? I love freaking. Do we really need to see an 80 year old Indiana Jones? I'm gonna give it a shot. I'll determine <laughs> if we need it after I see it. <laughs> but it's directed by James Mangold, who did. Um, Logan and you know do we need another Wolverine movie or whatever I think that that was the best Wolverine it, they, they were looking back on their lives it was just you know the sunset of, of their story uh, Professor X and Logan Logan finds reason to live after seeing all of his friends die and everyone go away so if it's that kind of tone if we finally see the sunset of Indiana Jones we don't have to get an Indiana Jones 6 or you know Chris Pratt as Indiana Jones I'm all for it. Just give me a good story. You know, I would really like seeing Chris Pratt or <laughs> as Indiana Jones, man. Yeah, I would Chris... too, but we don't need it. Yeah, you know, they'll have a freaking raptor show up, and then he can train it and shit. It'd be great. The blue. <laughs> blue show up. The talking tree will show up. And then some freaking Legos will pop yeah. up. and Oh, my God. And then he'll talk about Parks and Rec some Aubrey more. Plaza will show up, yeah. <laughs> God. All the cameos. Yeah, why not? Let's just do it. Now, I saw out there all your books. You had the Rogue Squadron book. Yes. Did you like it? I haven't read it yet. You might want to read it. Yeah, I might want to read it. I've got all of them, I think. I actually got a good... uh, Somebody showed up at one of our meetups with like a shit ton of books and was like, here, I'm selling them for a dollar a piece. And I just like picking up and i just picked up all the rogue squadron stuff so i i probably need to read it that uh, was my first meetup and i was too late because i saw someone bringing those and there was a bunch of books that i wanted i showed up too late so i didn't get any of the books that i wanted but yeah i guess rogue squadron is going to be a movie now that looks oh my god and after you showed me the scissor reel i watched it and then i understood what it was uh, that looks incredible because patty jenkins who did wonder woman yeah is going to do it and she's actually got you know real life experience with this stuff absolutely i love the personal experience and it felt like she's making this movie for all the right reasons it's not because she wants to make a star wars movie she wants to make a dog fighting movie and she loves star wars so it's the perfect marriage you know she's not going to look back at a new hope and try to redo that i I don't think i think she's going to try to make something new and fun yeah i i just hope it's not top gun for star wars no, but if you look at those, I haven't read the Rogue Squadron books, but it's my understanding that they deal with a lot of baggage, a lot of depression and PTSD and things like that. So, you know, there's stuff that they can cover 
and, and maybe even have us talk about, you know, in conversation and in, in real life that we've avoided for a while. Not us too, but people as a society. Right. So. But we do need to talk about your PTSD at some point. Right. <laughs> Season four of Rebels ended and you never. I never got to see it. <laughs> I just want to see what happens to Thrawn and Ezra. Yeah. We'll find out. Uh, it's coming in Ahsoka, man. It, yeah. Just as long as it's a couple of, you know, don't just throw it in. Don't give me throwaway lines. Make make it worth it. Give me a couple of episodes and yeah. just tell me what happened and I'll be happy. But I'm excited about this lineup. The thing I was disappointed, no Boba Fett. Yeah, I, I feel your pain, dude, but we got him in The Mandalorian, so yeah. why would they want to double up on that? And I think... Uh, you know, with the Mandalorian, they could have gone with Boba Fett, or they could have gone with a new character, and they went with a new character, yeah. and then they just happened to throw Boba Fett in there. And you know, thankfully, we're getting, you know, we've had two good episodes with him in it, yep. and we're gonna get it until the child gets back. So I think, you know, quit your griping, and we got Boba Fett and <laughs> the Mandalorian as much. All right, if you really want a story of Boba Fett, go read the EU. That's how I really yeah. feel about it, and truthfully, I think that's why. I wasn't so excited about seeing Boba Fett in The Mandalorian because I read the EU books. I knew he was alive. He's a badass, and I'm just like, okay, he's back. Hey, Jason's leaving. Jason TK, you want to sit in for a minute? Are you leaving? Hey, hey. Jason, take care. Ah, shit. As he comes over, I am, uh, what are we talking about? The uh, Boba Boba Fett Fett in The Mandalorian. I get it from a marketing perspective. You're going to have cross-promotion of two people in helmets that look the same. Who knows? Yeah. So that's what I... Jason, how do you feel about them not giving a live uh, Mandalorian episode versus him being in the... I'm sorry, Boba Boba Fett. Fett. A live Mandalorian... Fuck! Boba Fett. (laughs) What do you think about not having a Boba Fett series? Are you okay with it? I'm, I'm okay with it. But if they did, I'd fucking watch it. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely not not disappointed at all, anything with uh, what we found out Friday. Yeah. Um, the only thing that, and this is just a personal thing, the only thing that I'm not like super super excited for might be the visions thing, and that's only because I'm not an anime guy. <laughs> but I will probably still watch it. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll watch it just because it's Star Wars. I'll watch it too, but I won't be happy. You're right. Ah! <laughs> you know, we were just saying, you know, even when they point, the finger, wind's blowing in their face. It's just like all the energy's hyped up to 20, and it's right. like, calm down, people. I mean, I think the, uh, the most anime I get is probably fucking Akira, Akira and yeah. Ghost in the Shell. And, That's about and it. you probably can't consider uh, Fantasia anime, but... Um, that was another one of my favorite. I'm not. I'm just not huge in the anime. Gotcha. Which one are we most excited about? The Andor looks for like it'll be really good. Yeah. And uh, the Knights of the Republic. Is yeah. That what it was called? Rangers? Knights of the Repu- Rangers no, Rangers of the Republic. Rangers of the Republic. Um, but I think those are the X-wings that we've seen. The X-wing in- Squadron looks pretty yeah. fucking badass. We can cuss, right? Yeah, sure, okay. why not? Yeah, why not? Um, Dang yeah. it. <laughs> Dang uh, ferret. Yeah, anything that's uh, like... I'm most, I'm probably more excited about that just because it's in the Mandalorian era, which is right after Jedi. Yeah. So 
And I know, I don't know, me personally, I, in The Mandalorian, I love seeing original trilogy stuff, like Sand People, Weakway, um, all of that stuff. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, Oh, we've seen all that stuff in the Skywalker series. I, if the like Star Wars universe is so big, I want to see stuff that I haven't seen before. Well, I can totally... I see that, and yeah, that's cool, but I, I like seeing that revisiting of things from my childhood. I mm -hmm. mean, that's where I fell in love with everything. Yeah, I get that. Okay. I think that's... I guess I'll head up. All right. <laughs> Jason is parked behind my wife, and my wife needs to leave to go run an errand. Jason so, later. Jason, bye, Jason. We love you, man. Have a good night. Thank you, Secret You're Santa. You're welcome. <laughs> Hope you enjoy it. Jason kicks ass as far as Secret Santa's concerned. Glenn's <laughs> just always awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Later, Thanks. guys. Ugh. Oh, but yeah, it's been a fun day, man. I hate. Oh, I, I know I'm going to repeat myself, but. Gosh, it was a fun day, and it was a good. It's good seeing everybody after all this crap for 2020. Yeah, and it it, it like I. I'm this hope, yeah, I'm hoping for improvement over the summer once the vaccines become more prominent and we can start to see some normalcy, and hopefully by next Christmas, we'll have the return of the actual winter social. Yeah, that's my hope. Yeah, I hope so too. That's my Christmas wish this year. There you go. Good job, Jason. Thanks. And I also saw that you had a Star Wars tag from Toys R Us, which I absolutely love. Dude, when Toys R Us, okay, so the story behind that, I've actually I've got one, another one somewhere, and I have no clue what where it's at. But uh, when Toys R Us near me shut down, they are the one in Gwinnett. They are not Gwinnett in uh, Kennesaw. Kennesaw. They were like, take whatever you want. So people were going through and taking Same. signs. So I freaking grabbed that sign, and then uh, a few weeks later, I was at a Toys R Us and grabbed another one, and I have no clue what I did with it, but it's just a little Star Wars thing that says Toys R Us. So You have a pin on the floor. I don't want you to step on it. It looks like you might step on it. Yeah, I'm going to move it. But yeah, my, I don't yeah, because it's... It's a knife. Oh, it's, it's just sharp. a knife. It's just a knife. But um, my Toys R Us was supposed to close in like three day, uh, 17 days, and they closed like 10 days early, and... So I didn't. I missed out on trying to grab some of that last minute stuff, like that Star Wars sign that you have, which is pretty cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that that was, damn it, Toys R Us. But yeah, things will never be the same. I mean, the whole landscape of toy collecting has changed without Toys R Us. You know, they all go to Walmart, Target, all those exclusives, Best Buy. Chasing that stuff down is just a freaking headache. Yeah. And there's no availability of toys anymore. I mean. I miss it. Yeah, I miss it. I miss the whole freaking going to Walmart. I mean, it, I grew up in a little podunk town in Louisiana, man, where, you know, the only thing you had was a Walmart. And you had, uh, you know, the first time I went into a Toys R Us, I was like eight or nine and just was blown away by the, the thrill of having a store that had that many toys. And, you know, the next generation is not going to have that. It sucks. No. Yeah. I mean, the whole landscape of retail is going away but yeah it sucks and i mean that was just an important part of our childhood that's gone yeah and they keep teasing us it's coming back and they'll open up one store in jersey that never goes anywhere and party city was opening up toy city which at one point i thought would replace toys r us and that's gone nowhere so it's kind of a bummer yeah the whole freaking toy situation stinks and 
You know, I mean, Amazon's fun, and it's fun sitting there ordering stuff online, but then you got to deal with those damn bots, and yeah. uh, you know, hopefully it ships right, and then you got to wait six months for it to show up, and yep. it just. As much as we love it, we hate it at the same time. Yeah, hate it more than I love it. Yeah, I love the figures, hate the process. Yes. Do you want to jump into? Let's jump into this Mandalorian. Mandalorian. This little show. This little show called The Mandalorian, which was, what, 35 minutes this week? I don't know. It was such an amazing episode. I don't even... I've seen it twice. I don't know how long it was. Yeah. It was perfect. It was a great episode, and um, the second time... Thankfully, we uh, had a little meetup last night, and we talked to one of the guys, Mark, in New York, and he kind of changed my perspective of this episode, mm-hmm. and I maybe you know, I always jump the freaking gun on these, but... Rewatch this episode and think of it as a war movie. That'll change your whole perspective on this episode. Yeah. Or post, uh, post-war movie. Post-war, yeah, post-war right. movie, war movie. Gang. Think of Inglorious Bastards yeah. and watch this episode of The Mandalorian. It'll change your whole freaking attitude on it, and it, it makes it so much better to watch. Yeah, Chapter 15, The Believer, written and directed by Rick Famuyiwa. Famuyiwa. I'm going to go with that last one. <laughs> We open up on a dumpster planet. Ex-Imperial equipment is being decommissioned and torn apart. And Mayfield, who is played by Bill Burr, we saw him in the first season, is pulling things apart. And a droid comes along and he says, you've been reassigned. Cara Dune comes and and performs such wonderfully and says, come with me. Um, And so they follow him to Boba Fett's ship. And he's got that funny line, for a second I thought you were... This other guy, and then Mandalorian walks down behind him. He's just like that, oh, crap, kind of moment. Yeah. What did you think of Boba Fett's new paint scheme, man? It kind of surprised me. He was a... Here's what surprises me. It surprises me that Boba Fett can paint his armor that fast, and the Mandalorian still hasn't thought about painting his. Maybe the Mandalorian doesn't want to. I. The thing that threw me off is that this is a used universe, and Boba Fett has always had used armor, um, and to see it with a fresh paint job kind of was jarring. It seemed cartoony, but... You know, I get it. Yeah. Um, I, I think the, the tick marks on the side of his helmet were red this time. They've gone from yellow in Empire to orange in Return of the Jedi. I think they were red here. Okay. I didn't pay that close of attention. I was just so, like, ooh, he painted his helmet. Yeah. But, yeah, I did think it was jarring. But, as always, I love seeing Boba Fett. Yeah. It's fun seeing him again. I really thought they, that would, that droid was a K2SO droid, I man. did, too. Because they kind of bring it in. The camera kind of follows the legs for a while. I'm like, that's K2SO. But when they cut to the front of the droid, he's got a New Republic. Maybe his lower torso was once that, and they reprogrammed the top half. Or, But, yeah, it looked very similar. And then it looked like he had a, uh, a wand from um, one of the medical droids. Possibly. You know, that was kind of a cool throwback. In the background, did you see the Imperial Walkers? With the cranes on them? Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool throwback to the... Uh, to Rex in season... Oh. Was that from... Is that where we see Rex and Rebels? Yeah, we do see him when he has a... Well, actually, I think it's one from Clone Wars that he has. That they put the crane so, on everything oh, on. maybe it's one of those earlier ones. My son was watching. He's like, that's from Rebels. And I'm like, I think it is. But I'll ask the Rebels master and see what he thinks. Yeah. It, Rebels had the one from Clone Wars, the three-legged right. or six-legged one. You're right. Pretty close, though. Yeah. It was still fun. I love seeing the... Oh, excuse me. Like I said, <laughs> too many drinks today. Uh, seeing all the repurposed stuff, it's it's just great. Yeah. 
And so we learn that the Mandalorian needs Mayfield because he's ex-Imperial and he can help them locate the child. So what they want are the coordinates of Moff Gideon's ship. Um, they need a terminal to plug into at an Imperial, Imperial base and they need the codes and Mayfield has those and he agrees to help out because then he can get off of this prison planet that he's just working on junk. Right, and... and I really thought it was cool that one scene where they're sitting around talking and you see the Slave 1, the walls of the Slave 1 yeah. move around behind them and you're getting really cool behind-the-scenes stuff of, of that ship. They're making old things new again. It's a perspective I never thought I would see. I never even conceived of, you know? It's just that front cockpit that we see Boba Loke get himself into and lift off. And I never thought about the interior of the ship and how that all works and... I thought it was great, and it makes me even love the, the Slave One even more. I'm looking back at Glenn's toy here. He's got the vintage collection Rogue One, which sits on a really cool stand. Yeah, I bought that whole. I bought that just for that stand because that's how the Slave One should uh, present itself, where yeah. it's in the flying mode, and yep. it's just a beautiful way, beautiful display piece. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Thank you. And I love it when they're um, in that ship, and Mando just tells Boba Fett. He just calls him Hey Fett. It's just like cool. I don't. I don't know. It's just the way he's like, "Hey, Fett." I just to me thought that was cool. Yeah. Because we always call him Boba Fett, and it's just like, no, in the universe, it's just, "Hey, Fett." Right. But they need to go to this planet called Morak. It's a secret mining operation, and they're gonna get Mayfield there so they get the coordinates. Morak is like a rainforest planet, like Costa Rica almost. Um, the plan is for Mayfield to get in. Boba will fly them out. Mando will accompany Mayfield as kind of an assistant. And Fennec and Kara, Kara will stay high and um, make sure that Mayfield and Mando have cover in case things go south and they need to get out of there fast. I thought, I thought the best line of this episode is when they're trying to figure out who's going to accompany Mayfield into the place. Um, you know, you have to be, you can't be on the Imperials' radar to get into the place. If they recognize your face because they have face scanning technology, you're going to get, you know, they're going to throw up the alarm and they're going to know you're there and the whole plan's gone to crap. Um, Mando says to Boba, can you do it? And Boba goes, let's just say they might recognize my face. It took me listening to a different podcast to understand that whole line. Then you realize he's a fucking clone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there was so much history in that line. I just thought that was the best line. It was subtle. Um, there's so much there. Yeah, it was it was fun. And, and the, the, like I said, you look back at this and watch it as a war movie. You see what's going on with Mando and, and the the whole battle that he's going through right now is just incredible. So then Mando and Mayfield, um, hold on, I skipped ahead of my notes here. <laughs> so Kara, Mando, and Mayfield hijack a vehicle. It looks like a giant tank with giant wheels. Um, Mando changes into tank trooper armor. Mayfield is giving Mando some crap. Even saying at one point, the shame, the shame, the shame of you like that, dressed like that. To me, which is Bill Burr kind of, or Mayfield kind of talking about what the Mandalorian's probably feeling right now. He's taking off his Mandalorian armor. He's feeling some shame. Yeah, that whole, that whole interchange, like I said, man, watch that interchange again as a war movie. And, and it'll change your whole perspective because it's like, they don't care who you are. You could be New Republic. You could be Empire. At the end of the day, you're just a bunch of jerks, and yeah. we just want to sleep well at night. So I thought, yeah, 
I thought this episode was really well written. So we're about to dive into not just the meat of this episode. I'm going to use a lot of quotes here. But I also thought that this kind of gets to what makes the Mandalorian tick. And it really, you start to understand that what Mandalorian once believed probably is not what he believes anymore. Which right. goes back to the believer. Yes. Yeah. And like I said, last night hearing Mark talk, Mark, Mark talk about it and, and rethinking about things and sleeping on it overnight, I think he summed it up that, you know, the believer is the Mandalorian. Yeah. And it, you know, I... It, <laughs> I have, wow. a, I have a plot twist for you because I do think it applies to Mayfield, but we'll get there eventually. Okay. I think it's like one of those, like the Dark Knight could either apply to um, Batman or it could uh, apply to um, Two-Face. Uh-huh. He could be the Dark Knight that saves Gotham. So I think it's got double meanings. It's an entendre. Gotcha. Um, but some of the other lines that Mayfield had, which were just hilarious, what would they say on Mandalore when he sees the Mandalorian walking in a tank trooper armor? And then Kara kind of turns away, and she's not going to join them. And he's like, it's a shame you're not coming with us on this mission. You have such a sunny disposition. Yeah. He does. There's so many, like, little bitty, you know, yeah. FU lines in this episode, man. So now Mando and Mayfield are in the cabin of this tank. They are traveling to the Imperial base. And this scene really opens up, cracks open that, that helmet of the Mandalorian. You can see what's underneath it. Um, Mayfield, throughout this scene, is challenging Mandalorian's beliefs. So when he says things like, how does it feel? I'm take-, he takes off his, um, Mayfield takes off his helmet because he can't see in the thing. And he's like, how does it feel? I'm taking this off. I don't know how you people wear these things. I can't see. So right there we see that Mandalorian has compromised his ability to see straight physically because he's wearing that helmet. Um, Mayfield says it feels better when it's off. So Mandalorian sacrificing his comfort to his creed, to the Mandalorian creed. Yeah, I, that's the one thing that scares me, man, wanting to make a Mando outfit. Those things do not look comfortable, but, man, I want to suit up in one of those so bad. Yeah. Um, he, he talks about the Empire and the New Republic. It's all the same people. You're either ruling or you're being ruled. It's all the same to the little people. They don't care. They're just trying to make their, they're just trying to live their lives. And he points out, what difference does it make that you adhere to this, this creed of the Mandalorian? Your planet is gone. What, what are you holding on to? Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to talk a little bit here. No, man, go for it, dudes. Feel free to jump in because (laughs) I'm just going to keep ranting because I love this episode so much. You know, the rules start to change when you get desperate, and that's important because the Mandalorian is about to get really desperate. He goes, look at you. You've already taken off your armor, meaning you've compromised part of your beliefs, but you won't, you know, go the full distance. You won't take off that helmet. You won't relax and, and do what is necessary. You are stuck to your beliefs and your beliefs at the end of the day if you die because of your beliefs you know are you saving anyone is it is it worth it i think that's what he means by the empire new republic you know um they're all the same people you know make yourself different stand out yeah um and then he goes into you know you said you couldn't take your helmet off now look at you you know you've taken it off um is it that you can't take your helmet off or you can't show your face? Because there is a difference, and the Mandalorian is probably questioning, you know, what does that mean? Because he, he doesn't say anything. It's met with silence. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone, um, everyone got their lines to cross, and when things get messy, and as far as I'm concerned, if you can make it through the day and still sleep at night, you're doing better than most, which is important, not just for the Mandalorian, because I think Mayfield is struggling with his experiences 
feel like I'm on a soapbox. <laughs> um, he's struggling with his experiences, and I don't think he sleeps well at night, which comes into play later in this episode. So what did you think about this cabin scene before we move on to the action piece? Watching it the second time, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it is sort of change your perspective up and look at it. Um, crap. It's a fun episode. It's a fun, fun scene when you, when he's he is he's questioning everything, and yeah. I think it's setting up just like everything in this ep- in this in this show is set everything else up. Turn the freaking ball on a on a shifter knob has set everything else up. So I think it's setting up for for something cool. And next season we may not, you know you may see the Mando without his helmet on just because yeah. he's like you know people have been beating down his beliefs this whole season. Yeah, because I mean Fett takes his helmet off. Um, Bo-Katan takes her helmet off so there's precedence that he's probably in the minority yeah and, and just for what just believing that you shouldn't take your helmet off that doesn't make you any less Mandalorian because all the other Mandalorians are doing it right so then we learn that the tank that they're transporting has um, Rhydonium on it which is a highly explosive material it's kind of like the coaxium from Solo I would imagine um they kind of see that there's some trouble up ahead through the radio. They see explosions, and they realize that... Uh, and they also see some wreckage on the side of the road, and they realize that something's about to happen, and pirates are trying to raid the transports and blow them off, and the Mandalorian has to fight them. One thing I really cool, one thing I really thought was cool was the thermal detonators that we saw in Return of the Jedi that um, Princess Leia had. Pirates are trying to blow up the road... The right... Di- right Rhydonium? Rhydonium. Um, the first wave doesn't go well. Mandalorian pulls out his blaster. He's got an Imperial blaster. Uh, he shoots a couple of them. They fall off. Um, no, wait. I'm ahead of myself. Sorry. Oh, you're about right. That's, that's wave two. Wave one, he just kind of fights them off, and they fall off, and one has a thermal detonator, <laughs> and it, he's about to attach it to the ship, but then the Mandalorian kicks him, and they fall back, and he blows up the, the whole first wave of attackers. Right. And it was fun. I may be jumping ahead, um, but you could tell the, tell the Mando missed his armor because he's trying to block him and yeah. stuff. And you it, you could tell he's used to having gauntlets and all this armor on him. And you, whoever, like I said, whoever's in this suit that can act without act without showing their face is freaking amazing <laughs> because yeah. you can you can just see the Mando. Somebody hits him on the arm and he's like, "Crap, that hurt." Yeah. <laughs> you know, where's my armor? Yeah. Yeah, so that first ep- that first wave of attack was physical. The second wave, he kind of pulls an Indiana Jones, and he pulls out his gun, which is an Imperial blaster, and he takes a couple shots, but then the blaster jams up, and um, it's more difficult, but he's able to defend that. This whole scene felt like a Western, like um, some sort of like caravan where they've got attackers attacking the caravan, and they're on top of it, fighting it off. It felt very Indiana Jones-ish. I just... This scene really jived and worked for me. Yeah. The third wave comes, finally, and everyone's packing thermal detonators, and it's just like the camera's panning, and everyone's pulling out their thermal detonators. They're all powering up, and it's just like, oh, crap. Here we go, and um, a Mayfield has to travel slower because if he travels too fast, he's going to blow up the Rhydonium. So he has to travel slow, even slower than before because there's a rusty bridge coming up. And they can't go too fast because they don't want to blow the bridge. So it's it's then that stormtroopers and shore troopers come out. They save the day. TIE fighters come out. They blow up the pirates. 
um, all those troopers come out. You know, it was you, you've never been so happy to see Imperials save the day, basically. Right. How did you feel seeing all those shore troopers, man? I know you've got a thing for those I guys. Love it. I loved it. I stood up I'm like, yes, shore troopers. <laughs> they aren't forgotten. They're they're being put to use. But that, was, that was my first thought when I saw all those yeah. shore troopers. I'm like, Jason has got to yes. be having a ball with this. Yeah. A lot of Rogue One influence, even the tank drivers, the um, the shore troopers. It was pretty cool. Yeah. But it's, it just goes to show the point the Empire is at right now. They're pulling people from everywhere. It's like, you're, you're on a beach now. You're on this jungle planet now. We need you. Yeah. Um, and there was an amazing shot as those TIE fighters fly by with Kara and Fennec on top of a hill and the ties the just swing past them and i just like blown away by that shot i'm like that's incredible that's a very epic cinematic shot w was kara staring into the distance though with yeah she was staring at the tie fighters in the distance and i believed i believe she was looking at the tie fighters <laughs> oh, you ruined it for me jason yeah, it's sorry. just so much fun sorry oh you realize how bad of an actor she really is yeah She's not. Uh, she's not Meryl Streep. She's right. probably unavailable for this role. <laughs> uh, but now they're inside the base, and they need to find the terminal. Um, even Mayfield said a line. Uh, you know, I've never been so happy to see stormtroopers, and it's just you know how we're feeling. He's kind of that that role of the audience there, speaking that line. And they go in. Everyone's celebrating because they're the only caravan, the only tank that made it that day. Everyone else got blown up. Um, Mayfield sees that there is a terminal inside the mess hall, the, the officer's mess hall, and he goes in there and he recognizes Valen Hess, who is a former superior of his, and he realizes, I can't do it because I'll get recognized. And he wants to abort, but Mandalorian refuses to abort. And this is where the, where, where the rubber meets the road. The Mandalorian has to question his beliefs, and he says, what, is the, what do I believe in? Is it the creed, or is it the people that I care about? And he cares more about the child then he does his, his creed, his belief that he can never take off his mask. And when he goes into the mess hall and he tries to do the face scanning with the mask on, it doesn't work. It doesn't see through the mask. And so he needs to take that mask off. And um, Mayfield, I believe, sees this and says, okay, great. This is a man who stands for something. Yeah, I did like the way that Mayfield just didn't give him any crap about pulling the, the helmet off. He did kind of bust his balls a little bit with the hey, brown eyes. But I think if he if the Imperial officer wasn't pushing the buttons, he would have yep. just left them alone. Yeah, so Valen has kind of calls to Mando and like, hey, what, what's going on? Hey, what are you doing? What's your TK number? And, and Mayfield comes in to save the day. He kind of lists off some TK numbers. And they try to walk away, and Valen has goes, you're not dismissed. And it's just a series of oh, hold your breath, let it out. Hold your breath, let it out. And in the end, Valen has wants to have a drink with them. So it was a very tense moment. And we cut to this scene um, where the three of them are having a drink. And this is where I think Inglorious Bastards comes into play. If you've seen that, that scene in the bar where you know that Fassenbender, Fassbender, Michael Fassenbender, um, is a spy. You know that the Germans don't know that he's a spy. You know that they're trying to meet people there. Um, it's this whole scene of tension. And you, there's some dramatic irony, meaning that the, the audience knows that, that you know, um, Mayfield knows that this is his former officer. The officer doesn't know that, but you kind of suspect that maybe he's going to figure that out. So it was just a very well done scene, and it's probably one of my favorite scenes of, of this episode and this season. But um, we, re we, uh, we learned that Mayfield was part of Operation Cinder. Did you ever play Battlefront 2? Uh, a little bit. So we learned that if 
In the event that the emperor died, the empire was to destroy everything, burn everything, kill everything. Nothing was supposed to outlive the emperor. And so Valenhas killed a lot of people in, in that operation. You know, they were all heroes of the empire, he kind of says. But Mayfield doesn't believe that it was a true sacrifice. He believes that they died for nothing, um, which, you know, probably is why he's helping the Mandalorian right now, because he wants to see the Mandalorian believe in something, which I think is where we learn about what the, what Mayfield believes in. He's kind of a cynic because the Empire made him a cynic. He thinks that he's, his whole life was for nothing. Um, and he sees the Mandalorian believing in something, sacrificing his, himself and his beliefs for the child. And I think that's where the title comes in, and I think that's where it comes in. Awesome. Moving on. I don't have anything to say to that. I mean, oh. damn. You do such a good job, Jason, Sorry. at this shit, man. I'm just... I, yeah. I, it, it, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so I think Mayfield appreciates Mandalorian's sacrifice, and I think it inspires him to take action, because before he's just a cynic. He doesn't really, you know, he's kind of under the radar. He's not putting his neck out for anything, but when... I think Valenhas pushes his buttons and he pulls out his, Mayfield pulls out his blaster and he takes Valenhas out. And I think he's like, I should have done that a long time. I think that's what he's thinking. And there's a moment of pause where everybody in the, in the mess hall is kind of like, what just happened? Did yeah. that just happen? And Mayfield, being the sh sharpshooter that he is, he just takes out you know three or four more Imperials in a second without even blinking, which, you know, it's like the tables have turned. They need to get the hell out of this place. Right. That, that, it is. It was sort of, you know, you get the, the one range trooper that's sitting there and he, he kind of is like, what the hell just happened? And Oh, oh yeah. and another thing that I missed, I skipped over this completely, and I think it goes into the sequel trilogy. Um, Valenhas says, you know, people will turn to the Empire again. He believes that there's going to be enough chaos in the world, in the universe, that they're going to say, we need, the, we need the Empire back. And what he says is everybody thinks that they want freedom, but what they really want is order. And I, I, when I was hearing the, him say this, I said out loud because I thought he was at the end was, was going to say security, but he says order, and I think they chose that because it's the first order that they, that spawns from the empire. Yeah, and it also it kind of makes you feel like everybody's battling because no, there's no real order, quote unquote, in the universe right now, and and the new republic and the empire are are fighting each other again to see who's going to rule. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, during the gunfight, Mayfield hands the tank trooper mask back to the Mandalorian and says, I never saw your face. And so there is some mutual respect between them. Um, and Mayfield appreciates the sacrifice and the fact that the Mandalorian has believed into something. If that makes sense. Yeah. So they climb outside of this base, which is located over a waterfall, which is probably some sort of energy building. You know, they're, they're using the, the waterfall to power the base and stuff. And they climb up to the top to get to Boba's ship. Fennec and Kara are shooting troopers to protect Mando and Mayfield. Um, Boba Fett's, you know, is on the, the the corner of the building. They jump in. Um, that's when Boba takes off when they got him. And Tie Fighters start to follow them. And this is again, this I, I keep saying this is my favorite scene. This is my <laughs> favorite scene. But this is a callback to Attack of the Clones, which I think was one of my favorite scenes because George is great at using sound and silence. You know, in Attack of the Clones, they go from silence to sound when Jango Fett drops his sonic charges, which are these, they look like pills almost, and they kind of shoot out into space to the people following Slave One, and um, there's, there's a moment of silence, you just hear, 
boom, and there's this big disc of blue that kind of spreads out from it, and it blows up everything. It blows up the TIE fighters, and there's a callback to Attack of the Clones, and um, I love that scene. Yeah, that's... I, I really... Crap, they did such a good job with that scene because going back to my slave one that's sitting behind us, those bombs are the exact same, uh, you know, design that's in the toy. Is it back there? Yeah, it's back there. They've got them. See them? Oh yeah. They've got them. They've got two of them on the on the slave one, the vintage series slave one. So uh, that I thought that was pretty cool. I also thought it was cool how when you know Boba Fett, he's laying on his back waiting for them to to announce, you know, let's go. Yeah, uh, you know when Slave One's on the ground. Yeah, they per- they played with perspective in in the cockpit there, which is cool. They they thought through it. Yeah, which I appreciate. So they escape. Mayfield before they leave takes a uh, rifle, takes the Mandalorian's rifle, and he blows up the the Rhydonium that they fought to bring into the base, and he turns to the Mandalorian. After he blows that up, the whole base goes up, and he says, "We all need to sleep at night." So the Mayfield at this point has no love for the Empire. He's willing to stick his neck out to protect the the people in the New Republic, and um, there's some character change. So what he believes in has changed physically. I mean, that's not physically, but there's some physical action that he's taken to show that he believes in something now. Right, with the whole taking the helmet off. Yeah. And, yeah. Going back to the whole Cara Damn Dune thing. Mandalorian's doing more. Pedro Pascal, or whoever's in that suit, is doing more acting in a suit than freaking Cara Dune is. Yeah. Where you can see her face. And, um, yeah. It's, I had to roll my eyes at this scene where, <laughs> where they let Mayfield go and they're like, well, I thought he died. You're right. And it's just like, I can act better in my sleep. <laughs> I've seen corpses act better. Please, no Cara Dune spinoffs. And I'm afraid she's going to be a big part of that Rangers of the New Republic because she's got the Marshall badge and. Did, think, did, did you see how she wore the Marshall badge as a freaking belt buckle? No. <laughs> no, I'm going to have to watch that. Tra- <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that train wreck. I'm sure it's part next week, and I'll see it there. Uh, I'm sure that's part of her costume now. So yeah. I do need that action figure. Oh, thank you, Hasbro. Let's just make one with Cara Dune with the freaking belt buckle. Yeah. Please. So, uh, yeah, they go off. They leave Mayfield on that planet who just kind of disappears into the rainforest. Who knows if we'll see him again. I think we will. The Mandalorian um, calls off, calls Moff Gideon because now he knows where the ship is. And he repeats the speech that Gideon gave in, uh, Mandalorian outside that cantina in season one. And and the Moff looks a little worried by that. And that's, that's kind of how we end this episode. Yeah. Um, crap, I was going somewhere. I totally forgot where I was going. But... Uh, was it Kara related? No, it was not Kara related. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember. All these announcements that they just made, I think, blows everything we were hoping for this season out the water. We were hoping to see Grand Admiral Thrawn at the end of the season. Yeah. We were hoping to see the X Wings again. We were hoping to see Ahsoka. We, were, you know, we were hoping to see all these people. And with them announcing all these new episodes, all these new shows. I don't think we're going to see... I, I think we're going to get a decent ending, but we're not going to get the ending we were hoping for. No, I think the ending is going to be, again, about the belief. I think what I mentioned last week where Hitchcock said, if you introduce the gun in Act 1, you're going to see it again in Act 3. We introduced that the child has reached out into the galaxy and he wants someone to come and get him. And that was the whole point of The Mandalorian. Now The Mandalorian is challenged and throw, thrown out his own beliefs. I think when someone comes, whether that's Luke Skywalker or Mace Windu 
or, or even Princess Leia. We didn't even talk about that. She okay. is a Force user, so she could, in theory, show up. But whoever does, you know, it's going to be a choice that the Mandalorian says, no, I'm a, I'm a better protector. I've done more. This is basically my son. Um, and it's going to be a choice for the Mandalorian to say, this, this is where he belongs. He belongs with me. He doesn't belong with another Jedi. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I never, we never even talked about the Princess Leia aspect yeah. of it because there was people that are, you know, it, it now I think it's it's Luke Skywalker, it's Mace Windu, or it's Princess Leia because Ezra is out of the picture now. I think yeah. you may see Cal, but do they want to bring Cal into this? No. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, shit, maybe it's Princess Leia and Ben Solo. You never freaking know what they're going to do. I think it's going to be a curveball, and it may be somebody we weren't even expecting. Yeah. But we won't know until next Friday. And that would be even more interesting if the Mandalorian lets him go with someone we don't know and we don't trust. Yeah. And that's the cliffhanger. And what you just said is I don't think they're going to... If they do send him to a Jedi or whatever, the Jedi shows up and goes once to do training, I think the Mando's going to be in the background, and he's not going to just say, oh, here you go, take him. Because he's gone through too much crap to make sure that kid's safe. Right. And he, and plus he doesn't have a freaking ship. Yeah, he's just going to hang out with Boba for a while, I guess. Yeah. We'll have to figure that out. And season three. Yeah, season three, here we go. And I think that's truthfully why we don't have a, Mand- a Boba Fett episode, or a Boba Fett series, is because they've put him in The Mandalorian, yeah. and he's going to have such a big role in it. I think... <coughs> So I'm going to put my finger up anime style. Wind's blowing in my face right now. I'm making a prediction for next week. John Favreau's directing this, so I think it's going to be like a climax of Return of the Jedi slash Rogue One with X-Wings and TIE Fighters. Um, I think it's just going to be a, a very classic Star Wars ending with the Mandalorian on the ship. They're going to call, um, Kara's going to call in those Rangers of the New Republic in to help defend and help them escape, um, clue them in on what's going on with the First Order. I think it's going to be a very massive and juicy episode, and I can't wait to see what John Favreau has in store for us. Yeah, and I think he's just going to serve, every, you know, softballs to us. And oh yeah, let's set up this. We set up this show. Let's set yeah. up this show. And you know, it's John Favreau. You know, it's going to be good. Yeah. So it's exciting. Yeah, you know, maybe we'll see Ezra, but I don't. Yeah, Ahsoka. Is going to be Rebel season five. So. Yeah, I think so. I think that's where we're going to see Thrawn and Sabine and Hera. Um, I would love to see Vanessa Marshall back. As is, you know, the other thing I was thinking, Ashley Eckstein is she going to get like a cameo? Is she going to play some new character in Ahsoka? And is that going to be too hard for her? It would be a great way to honor her. I think they should give her something. Give her a little cameo. I mean, they've done it with John Williams. Throw him up and you know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be big. Give her, you know, a, a couple of minutes in an episode. I think one common thing in Star Wars is when you, like Warwick Davis has played multiple characters, she could play a different character in live action. Yeah, it'd be cool to see. It'd be a good, I think it'd be a fitting tribute to her. It'd be cool. More speculation. Yeah. I love speculating. I love thinking ahead. Sometimes I think too much, but I think, I say I think. Yeah. Um, I think it's fun. Yeah, it is fun, and that's what makes this this podcast. That's what makes talking to you so awesome. Is you're always ahead of things, you know. So what are we a minute ten in? Minute yeah, six. We're gonna wrap it up here. Yeah. So uh, anyway, thanks for for joining us, and thanks for listening to the unedited raw, <laughs> raw. version of this. Doing it live. <laughs> Doing it live. Damn it. 
So, uh, pardon the curse words, Jason. Cur- I Jason, didn't cuss. D- Jason Wasoko didn't cuss, but Jason TK did. Dang ferret. Dang ferret. So, uh, anyway, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, see you guys again next week with the conclusion of The Mandalorian, and hopefully it is as awesome as we are expecting. Uh, Jason, thank you. Uh, please email us at uh, smugglersgalaxy.com. Um, Wait. Thank- smugglersgalaxy at gmail.com. Yes, yes. yes Jason just Don't go to the me. website. <laughs> there is no website. we got to buy that before someone else does now. <laughs> Parks it. Oh my God! Do you want it now? Because yeah. it's three thousand dollars. Is it really fun? I just bought it on my phone. <laughs> he bought it for three dollars and sell it to me for three thousand. Yeah. Why not? But anyway, thanks guys. Y'all have a great week. This is the way. This is the way. Do dum do dum.